Drums, please! Hello, and welcome to a special summertime edition of Schooled Ya, a podcast by teachers for teachers. This is Clint in sunny Virginia. Chad is away on vacation. But that doesn't mean he won't be on this episode of the pod. Through the magic of editing, you'll be able to hear his generous and melodious voice from past bits that we did throughout Season 1. That's right. Today is a clip show! Or, since it's an audio production, we're going to call it a mixtape of all our favorite pieces from Season 1. We figured you might like something to listen to on your summer road trip other than Drake, Cardi B, and the Carters. It is a bit longer than our typical episodes. Hopefully, it will just get you that much farther down the road without having to mess with your phone. First off, like any good teachers, we like to play games and quiz each other. Enjoy our version of Would You Rather Teacher Edition. Here we are from episode two. Okay, so to get ourselves started, we're gonna play our favorite game, Would You Rather Teacher Edition. The rules are simple. Each of us comes up with one teacher duty that sucks along with some other horrible thing that no one likes to do. Then we ask each other, which one we would rather do and discuss our choices. And neither one of us knows what the other person has picked. These reactions are real, people. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. Uh, So mine is, would you rather eat a piece of food off of the school hallway floor, like just lying (laughs) there in the middle of the hallway, and it's your favorite food. So if you love chocolate chip cookies, it's a delicious, freshly baked chocolate chip cookie. Got it. Or go to a technology training where the tech breaks and the guy doesn't know how to fix it and you are forced to stay. Is this like an all-day deal? It's a long training. It doesn't have to be all day, but it's a long training. Man, I hate to say this, but I think this is almost a no-brainer for me. I'd eat the food. Okay, yeah, that was kind of what Um, I was thinking too. Yeah, you know, God bless our custodians. They do a nice job. But even on a busy day uh, with a lot of foot traffic, I think I'd have to go with the chocolate chip cookie off the floor. Technology training, even when things are going well and <laughs> everything is super smooth, uh, it's not. I think I might. It's not ideal. I might still take the food. I yeah. I am with so, you. All right, my turn. Yeah, go for it. Okay, would you rather go five days without internet or attend a July teacher conference? Uh, let's say that's a it's a three day training in July. Three-day training in July. I've got a lot of questions. Do I get a food stipend? You get dinner. Uh, You'll get the really delicious complimentary breakfast and lunch provided by the conference. Okay. Am I going by myself to this conference or am I with people that I know and like? You know there's going to be three to five people attending. You're not sure who they're going to be until you... uh, Until you show up at the parking lot with the district minivan. Okay. So let's see here. If I'm going out there, I don't know exactly who I'm going to be with. Do I know where I'm going? Like, am I going to a sure. fun Let, place? Yeah, let's assume this is a, a nice city, lots to do. Okay, but but it's three full days of conferencing. Three full days. It's intense. At least one administrator is going to be there. So you are, you're going to be there from the 7.30 opening statements to the 8 o'clock uh, team building exercise oh, in gosh. the evening. The, the administrator that's coming with you is really excited. 
Let's see. And the, and the other option was just not having internet for five days. See, see, I feel like with all the questions you're asking me about this, yeah. you really, really don't want to go without internet for five days. I don't want to go without internet for five days. So my five days of no, vi- of no internet are five days you're where I'm home. living my you're normal life. You're at home. Life. Yep. Oh, gosh. I would go to the conference. I would go to the conference <laughs> <laughs> because most of my colleagues I can get along with pretty well. And I would entertain myself at the conference with lots of sarcastic comments in my head. And hopefully I will get to sit next to someone I'm more or less comfortable with where I can make sarcastic comments to them, which is my favorite, to try to get them to laugh out loud and embarrass themselves in front of everyone. I would probably say the same thing. Here's the thing you didn't really bring up at all, though. This is July. That's true. And, you know, that's smack dab in the middle of your summertime. Yeah, but sometimes my summer gets boring. Also, this is sad. This is... I don't have very many friends outside of work, so <laughs> this would be like this would be like you go to summer camp and you get to hang out right. with your friends when normally you're at home doing chores. So Fair enough. I mean, I love my yeah. family and I, I want to be with my family, but a three day vacation where I get to go do things that I, I, I would go with that rather than not be able to access the internet. All my entertainment okay. is based in the internet. Now we play the game again, 10 weeks later, in episode 7. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. Would you rather break up a fight at school oh. or, and this is very specific to you, Okay. run a 5K and then also have to eat a really big green salad? Do I eat the green salad before or after the 5K? It's more just like in your day, you have to run a 5K and eat a really big green salad. Okay. How big of a fight are we talking about? Is this like two kids that are horsing around? Is this like they're really throwing punches and chairs and it's mayhem? I'm glad you asked. These are a couple pretty big high school boys. Okay. And they are angry and they're throwing punches. And this is maybe in the hall. You've come across it in the hall. It's not like something that happened in your class. And you are the first adult that has shown up and you got to get in between. Um, that. That sounds awful. <laughs> Does it matter how slowly I do the 5K? No, but you have to run it. Okay, so I can't just walk it. No. Can I jog at the pace of walking? I mean, if that's your jogging, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you sound you sound like when I used to teach PE. <laughs> and that's the questions I would get from my students about the mile. So for those of you that don't know, I hate running. And I dislike salad. So both of those things yeah. are pretty unpleasant. But And that's why I said this was specific to you, because there's a lot of people that love both of those things. Right. And, uh, and it'd be like a no-brainer. And I'm also quite small and weak. And so getting in between two large 17, 18-year-old boys and trying to get them to stop fighting, that doesn't sound like fun either. I am going to go with the 5K and the salad. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to get beat up. We had two fights at my school today. Whoa. Both of them involved girls. And actually, I'd be more afraid Mm -hmm. to try to break those up because Mm -hmm. they tend to pull hair. And you have nice hair. Oh, thanks. I appreciate you saying that I have (laughs) nice hair. Yeah, I do. Uh, I cut it myself (laughs) because I'm cheap. (laughs) After a fight at our school, there's almost always like four or five weaves lying on the ground. Oh. And the first time I saw one, I was like, what is that weird hairy snake? And then I realized it was somebody's weave. So, yeah, I'm not going to get in the middle of a fight. That sounds terrible. Right. I will slowly jog and then swallow a salad and move on with my day. Good answer. Thanks. So it's my turn now. Yeah. Would you rather chaperone a dance 
where you have to stay the entire time uh -huh. and your job is to patrol the sweaty center of uh -huh. the dance and make sure that the kids are not, you know, inseminating each other. <laughs> or would you rather go and unclog the hair out of the locker room shower drains? Okay. Is this the girls locker room or the boys locker room? I'm going to say either way because at a high school you're going to have hair from unpleasant mm -hmm. places no matter what. Are we assuming that the showers are used often? Oh yeah, this is a place where the the PE teacher like makes sure that they all take showers. Okay. So they they are well-used showers. Okay. And we're talking homecoming prom one of those types of dances? Yeah, probably homecoming. You know, you've got all ages there. Okay, as you know, I was the assistant principal at our high school for three years, and so one of my main roles was to do exactly what you're describing. If I were to pick maybe the top three things that I disliked most about being an assistant principal at a high school, this would probably be number two. Wow. Yeah, I absolutely hated the three hours of being the, um, as you used to call it, the hump patrol. Yes. Super uncomfortable, both the breaking up of the activity, but also uh -huh. just the fact that you're kind of in charge of like watching it and monitoring like the extent there's a lot of gray area in terms of how much do you let kids just be kids and dance and then at what point do you step in it just it sucked on the other hand you know i mean i gotta pull hair out of uh drains at home you know often yeah. um it's gross mm -hmm. it's probably even more gross i don't even know is it more gross when it's a bunch of other people's hair than your own family's probably but um it's something i could probably stomach so for me, it's a no-brainer. I would much rather pull the hair out of the drain. Do you still have your uh, cartoon that Corey Logan drew for you of you on the camel? Yeah, I do have somewhere. I'll, I'll find it, and I'll, we'll post it to our website. If anyone's wondering, Corey Logan, who does our awesome cover art for our podcast, drew a picture of me sitting on top of a camel. Was I wearing a shirt? That said Hump Patrol? Um, I think you looked like yeah. a sheriff, and you had like a badge or something <laughs> that said HP on That's it. Right. My favorite part is comparing our podcasting abilities from clip to clip. As any good teacher will tell you, we showed a lot of comparable growth. And now, let's take a quick break. This week's episode of Schooled Ya is brought to you by Pencilmate. Ninth graders are distinctly irresponsible creatures. They forget binders, homework, due dates, projects, paper, everything. But the number one item students forget on a daily basis is their pencil. A large percentage of a teacher's salary and life is spent procuring pencils for their pupils. Until now, we at Pencilmate have teamed up with the good folks at the Roslam Institute, who cloned Molly the Sheep back in the mid-90s, and finally put that technology to good use, breeding pencils. By placing two pencils into our specially designed pencil cup, overnight your two pencils will multiply into 20 or more new number twos. Gone are the days of scouring the halls for old drop pencils. With the Pencilmate breeding cup, you'll have more pencils than you can handle. Pencilmate, let's get it on. It is recommended you wash pencils before use. Next up, a fun vocabulary game from episode six, where I get a little unreasonable about how Southerners pronounce candy names. So Chad, if I were ordering food at a diner somewhere in Minnesota and I asked for a Dagwood, what do you think I would get? Dagwood. I don't know. Maybe that character from the comic strip with the weird hair and the blonde wife? Wrong. I would be getting a sub sandwich. Since moving across the country after living in Oregon my entire life, I'm frequently reminded that everyday items and events and actions 
go by entirely different names in other areas of our big and diverse country. Okay, sure, like crawdads versus crayfish, depending on where you live. You know, I think my favorite regional term is what Rhode Islanders call milkshakes, cabinets. That is so weird. I yeah. almost think you made that up. No. It's true. And there are even a few regional synonyms in our world of education. So I thought we'd have a little fun with this idea, and I put together a little game for us to play. So we're going to play What Do You Call It? Sweet. Let's do it. Okay, so this is what's going to happen. I'm going to describe either an item or an action, uh -huh. and you're going to tell me what you would call that thing. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you what I think, and we'll go from there. Sounds fun. So round one. This is a thing that students carry their stuff around in. Jansport is a popular brand. Well, I think we're probably going with backpack here. Right. Except for here, they call it a book bag. Oh, okay. Always book bag, which is interesting because they do carry their books, but they also carry other stuff. Right, I'm sure. not sure why it gets called that, but when I call it a backpack, they're like, but I'm not going camping. Oh, so that's more of a verb? Well, no. They think of a backpack as the kind that you would use when you're going camping, like a hiking okay. backpack, whereas a book bag is your school bag. Got it. So there you go. Round two. These are found in hallways and are a free place for anyone to quench their thirst. Uh, that's a drinking fountain. Right, except for we call it a water fountain. Oh. I mean, that's normal. Okay. It's it's a water fountain. But when I think of a water fountain, I'm thinking more along the lines of... Something in a park. Yeah, you're in a park or something. But at least I didn't move to, like, Wisconsin, and I think maybe it's Boston. I can't remember. They call it a bubbler, <laughs> which is a fun word, but not what we call it. Okay, so the two rounds down. Round three, what you do to your phone or laptop when its battery needs to recharge. Oh, you plug it in. Right. They say plug it up. Plug it up? Plug it up. I'm going to plug up my computer. That's what happens when I have a, a stuffy nose. It's just different. It surprises me. Yeah. It, and it, sure. was, it was very jarring when I first moved there. The other two made more sense to me. This one, I'm not right. sure why. Because you're like, what is the right. direction? Okay, round four. What you do with the switches on the wall that control the lights? Uh, wait, like turn them on? Yeah, that was the phrase I was looking for, turn it on. Kids here and, and some adults say, I'm going to cut it on or cut it off. What? Yeah, like can you, really? cut out, can you cut off the lights? Yeah, I had a friend actually whose name is also Hill. I work with another Mr. Hill. He owns a, a rototiller, and I had to do a bunch of yard work okay. last year. And uh -huh. he kept explaining to me how to cut it on. And I was super confused because I didn't, I was thinking like how to make it, you know, start tilling, not how to get it right. powered up. And so, yeah, cut it on and cut it off is a, is a phrase. Weird. Now I will sometimes say, Hey, cut the lights, but they actually say, cut it on. Yeah. Cut it on or cut it off. Huh. Okay. Number five. What the teacher does with the assignments that students have completed. When they're all done, what does the teacher do? They pick it up. Here it's often, are you going to take it up? Take it up? Take it up. Huh. Yeah, just different. It sounds like something they'd say in Canada. Sorry. Sorry? Sorry. So here's the last one. Is this the bonus? Yeah, this is right. bonus. Has nothing to okay. do with school at all. Uh, Got it. But here we go. This is a delicious chocolate and peanut butter cup manufactured by the Hershey's company. It's a Reese's peanut butter cup. People here call it a Reese cup. What? Yeah, a Reese cup. They just want a Reese cup. That must have thrown you off the first few times you heard it. Yeah, and of all of these things, I am on board, like, cool, regionalism is awesome, but right. it's 
Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. It says it on the label. Right. It tells you what it's called. Right. It has an apostrophe S. It doesn't say Reese. Just read it. I was talking to my kids about these regionalisms and my daughter, this was the first one she went to and she went on like a five minute rant about how much she hates when people say Reese Cup <laughs> and how she makes sarcastic comments to her friends. And I'm like, honey, they're going to hate you. And she's like, I don't even care. They have to pronounce it right. <laughs> we'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Schooldia is brought to you by Flu Apron. Are you too busy to make a home-cooked dinner after a long day teaching other people's kids? Needing a day off to recharge? Flu Apron has the solution you're looking for. That's right. Flu Apron sends you fresh, delicious, pre-portioned ingredients to make unbelievably delicious meals, but also provides a special viral blend to make you just the right amount of sick. You know, sick enough to skip work without feeling guilty, but not so sick you won't enjoy binge-watching Stranger Things from your couch all day. So the next time you're needing a great meal and a day off, think Flu Apron. Yum. Next up, from our fourth episode, a test about standardized tests. All right, we're going to take a pop quiz. Uh, pop quiz? But I didn't even study. What's it over? Tests. Specifically standardized tests. Ugh. Where they come from, why we have them, and how to take them. So a test about tests. Luckily, I know a thing or two about tests. But did you know that Virginia's standardized tests are hilariously called SOLs? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I wonder if that's yeah. because the, uh, that's what the teachers told the kids before they took it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, whatever happens, you're SOL. That's classy. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, go ahead and hit me with the test question. Okay, here we go. First question for you, Clint. Which organization is widely credited with being the first to implement multiple choice testing on a large scale? Is it A, NASA for their astronaut candidacy, B, U.S. military for their officer candidacy, C, Ivy League schools for their doctoral candidacy, or D, the auto industry for their, their corporate leadership candidacy. Okay, I'm going to use some test-taking skills here. Okay. And I'm going to say that probably multiple-choice testing was, was used before NASA existed, so I'm going to cross off A, okay. and also probably before the auto industry was around, so I'm going to say it's going to be B or C, and the military really likes to make rules and things, but so does Ivy League. I'm going to go with C, Ivy League school's final answer. Ah. Yeah, when the U.S. military undertook its massive effort to assess recruits during World War One, they needed a system that they could do efficiently and in a standardized fashion. So between 1917 and 1918, they say about 1.7 million men were examined via a standardized multiple-choice test. Okay, well, poops. So this one is, is your question. What historical event coincided with the first major statewide testing program in the United States? Is it A, Abraham Lincoln delivers the Gettysburg Address, B, Black Tuesday, the 1929 stock market crash, C, Elvis debuts on the Ed Sullivan Show, or D, Sesame Street begins oh, on public television? There are some history people listening right now that are just like screaming out the answer here. Yeah, here's what I'm thinking. Okay, so Lincoln, when he was delivering the Gettysburg Address, I think that was probably long before public education was really that important at the time. 1929, I'm still thinking that there wasn't a whole lot of emphasis put on major statewide education. So I'm I'm going to go between Elvis debuts on the Ed Sullivan show, which uh, again, I mean, is that is that 60s? 
50s? I don't. Uh, and then Sesame Street, which I'm guessing is somewhere around the late 70s. Uh, I'm going to go with Elvis debuts on the Ed Sullivan Show. Oh! No, it is Black Tuesday, the 1929 <sighs> stock market crash. So there was this guy. His name was Everett Franklin Lindquist. And he wanted to create an academic competition for Iowa students. Okay. And he developed a set of tests in 1929. And they eventually became the Iowa Test of Basic Skills, which was an exam that elementary and middle school students took for a really long time across the country and I think is still used. Hmm. Uh, and he also helped develop the ACT in 1959. Okay. And he also was on the committee that developed the GED. Wow. Yeah, which came about during World War II as a way to give academic credit to servicemen. So we're doing really, <sighs> really poorly yeah, on, this, on this test. Or we're doing a really good job finding difficult questions. It depends on how you look at it. That's true. Last one for you. How was the pencil eraser discovered? So A, an engineer accidentally grabbed a piece of rubber instead of his usual piece of bread to erase a pencil marking. B, a high school basketball coach using his sneakers to get scuff marks off the floor. C, a Ford car salesman noticing the areas of the dealership floor where the new cars drove were cleaner than other areas. And D, an Oxford grad student found that a rubber band ball thrown against a wall was gradually cleaning the soot from that wall. I really don't think that it would be a an engineer trying to erase something with a piece of bread, but accidentally just randomly getting a piece of rubber, which means that's probably the answer because my gut says that that's right or wrong, but it probably is right. Okay, so here's a thing that I think I know, but I could be totally wrong. I think that the term rubber came from the fact that people used it to rub pencil marks. Okay. I don't think that he would have a rubber band ball because it would be named, the rubber is named mm. after the the item mm. but that but that's my that's the one that seems the most right uh, i have no idea well you got to pick one i know uh i'm going to go with d Ah! It was, in fact, an engineer accidentally grabbing a piece what? of... What? Well, let me tell you a little bit about it. So before the advent of, of, of erasers, uh, bread was commonly used. They'd kind of ball it up into a little ball, mostly crust of bread, and it was used to, to erase pencil marks. <sighs> a piece and, of bread? And this was in the <laughs> 1700s. A guy, a guy by the name of Edward Nairn, uh, he had this piece of rubber on his desk. He was reaching for his piece of bread. Grabbed a piece of rubber, tried to erase something with it, and it worked. So you are 0 for 2. Yeah, and you're 0 for 1. So Let's see if I can bring this thing yeah, home Yeah, this is the last question, and if you get it right, you win the prize of, I don't know, pride. And if, yep. if you miss it, then we're both losers, and we have to go into the loser bracket tie-breaking right. question. Which of these test-taking slash studying myths is actually accurate. A, when making blind guesses, always guess the same letter no matter what. B, pulling an all-nighter is fine if you really concentrate. C, listening to classical music while studying will help you retain the information better than doing it silently. And D, the first answer or impression you think of is usually right. I've actually heard all of these except for B, and that almost makes me nervous that maybe this is actually true, but Pulling an all-nighter is fine if you really concentrate. It almost seems like the all-nighter part is what makes it hard to concentrate. So I'm going to take B out automatically here. Okay. 
I think the classical music part is more of a preference of musical styles. So I'm going to cancel out C. So that leaves me with, when making a blind guess, always guess the same letter no matter what. Now I've heard this before. I am a math teacher, so statistically, I'm not really sure how this plays, but you know, unless you're guessing on every single one, uh, you still have a 25% chance no matter what. So I don't know if really guessing the same letter is going to matter. So I'm going to go with D. The first answer or impression you think of is usually right. I'm going to go with D. Well, you shouldn't have. Oh, no. <laughs> the, God. Okay, so first, so the answer is A. The answer is A. When making blind oh, guesses, man. always guess the same letter. And here's why. So you first, we have to define the difference between an educated guess and a blind guess. An educated guess is when you right. think you can figure it out and you can narrow it down, which right. is kind of what you were doing right. uh, just now. Right. A blind guess is when you know nothing. Apparently, statistically, the reason it works is because people, humans, are not good at being random and randomly choosing things. And so if you're okay. making, quote, random blind guesses in a spread, you'll almost certainly reduce your overall guesses' odds hmm. because your best attempt at random guessing cannot replicate computer-generated randomness. Hmm. But if you stick to your designated letter when making blind guesses, you reintroduce an element of randomness, wow. which allows it to break down. It's a tie. We're in the dumb bracket of dummies. We have a contingency plan for this. My lovely wife, Emily, spent this morning coming up with a question that I have right here in my pocket. I'm actually going to pull it out of my pocket right now. I have not seen this, I promise you. It would have taken all the fun out if I had. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, here's the question. What is the difference in minutes given to take Oregon's SAT test versus Oregon's ACT test? The answer does not include the break time or any optional essays. Okay, on the count of three? Yeah. Three, three two, two, one. one. <laughs> two. <laughs> 20. Hours. I'm saying 20 minutes. Can you want to, before, I, before I look at the answer, do you want to explain your thought? I don't have a reason. I just guessed a number okay. because I have no idea, like zero idea. So here's where I'm at. I never took the ACT. I really don't know much about how it's administered. I remember the SAT being like a two-part test. So I was thinking maybe we had two hours for the math and two hours for the language arts. I don't okay. know. It was a long time ago. And yeah. then I'm thinking maybe the ACT is like a one-shot test, so half that. So that's why I thought maybe two-hour difference. Okay, let's hear the answer. All right, here we go. Oh, man, I got crushed. The answer is five minutes. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Well done. By 15 minutes. Well done. It was that first impression myth that worked for me. Yes. Should have gone with that. Well, there wow. you go. That was a good question. That was a good question. Give Emily a high five from me. I will, for sure. And now, let's take a quick break. Today's episode of Schoolja is sponsored by Jamit. Class is about to start, and you have copies to make. Unfortunately, there's five other teachers crowding around the copier in the same situation as you. At this rate, you'll never get your copies made in time. What should you do? Pull out your phone, of course. With the new app, Jamit, you can instantly shut down the closest copier, causing a jammed message to blink across the display screen. As the other teachers search for the non-existent scrap of paper causing the issue, feel free to take a relaxing stroll around the office or refill your coffee cup. By the time you return, the other teachers will have abandoned the copier as a lost cause, giving you the opportunity to turn off your app and make your handouts without having to plan ahead or even politely wait in line. Jam it. 
because the world revolves around you. This year, our most talked about bid on our Facebook page, at SchoolJapod, was our debate about pencil sharpeners and staplers from episode three. So to kick things off, we'll be conducting a serious debate about a controversial topic. I thought we were going to talk about school supplies. Exactly. There are a few things teachers take more seriously than the tools of their trade. If they aren't functional and utilitarian, the whole class can simply fall apart. That's true. All right, let's do this. Here are the rules. First, in 30 seconds or less, we must A. Explain what makes it essential to the classroom. B. Describe the qualities of a superior version of the item. And C. Demonstrate how an inferior specimen can wreck a classroom environment. Next, after each person has had a chance to hear the other person's points, we'll have no more than two minutes to call into question any of their arguments and otherwise mock their erroneous selection. And last, at the end of the debate, it will be up to our listener. Be optimistic. Okay, okay. It will be up to our listeners to contact us at schooldiapodcast at gmail.com or at our Facebook or Twitter accounts to tell us who they agree with, and we'll give you the results in our next episode. All right, I'm going to go first. Turn on the clock starting now. I am going to describe my selection, the stapler. A stapler is a necessity. It quickly fastens paper together in an efficient manner. It's a perfect way to decorate in a classroom. The perfect example is the Swing Line 747. It's metal, it's heavy, it's durable. A bad stapler ends up jamming, or sometimes it needs a CPR thrust to get it to actually staple something. <laughs> you can tell a stapler is worth its weight in gold because they're always getting stolen. I once saw a teacher chain it to his desk. You need a good stapler. Wow. I will say this, uh, in rebuttal to your stapler, I agree that having a really good stapler is nice, but there are backup plans if you don't have a quality stapler. A paperclip works nice in many situations if you need to hold a couple pieces of paper together. And don't forget the classic, that little maneuver where you kind of tear the piece of paper in the corner and then you kind of fold it over to attach it to the other one. Is there a name for that? I think that's called the vendor spiel maneuver. <laughs> I think you're right. That <laughs> rings a bell. Uh, so there's always that move. The point I'm trying to make is if you if you needed to get by without a stapler, you could. All right. Those are some good points. So I am going to argue the merits of the quality pencil sharpener in a the classroom. There we go. Are we ready? I'm ready. You have to have a good pencil sharpener in class. Nothing is better than a finely sharpened pencil. It just screams, I'm ready to do work. Let's talk about the negatives to having a bad pencil sharpener. First of all, the noise. That can be one of the most distracting things in class. It destroys pencils. Some don't work at all, which literally will stop the progress for a student. I would recommend the electronic 12-volt pencil sharpener, but a good Boston hand crank pencil sharpener wall mount or desk mount options, uh, I would certainly recommend as well. Uh, let me, let me take you down a notch, Mr. Pencil Sharpener. I think a pencil sharpener is an important tool, and it is frustrating when you waste a fine specimen of a pencil like a Dixon Ticonderoga with a cruddy pencil sharpener that just eats it all the way down. However, I don't think that you need right. that a pencil sharpener is more important than a stapler because a pencil sharpener, it's so distracting. Kids get up and wander over and they have to pencil sharpen forever. You don't have that problem if you just require that your students use ink pens or have mechanical pencils. You know, that's a really good point, Clint. I would have to actually agree with you on many of those. And I understand what you're saying. A lot of kids use ink pens. Even the mechanical pencil is very popular these days. However, if a student has a pencil that needs to be sharpened, it must be sharpened. It must be sharpened. That's all I have to say about that.
Oh, those are good points. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. And that's that. So be sure to vote for either the pencil sharpener or the stapler by sending us an email at schooledyapodcast at gmail.com. We promise not to spam you. After that debate, Chad came back a few weeks later with this update. I got to tell you something. Uh, We debated the merits of the pencil sharpener versus the stapler. Uh And if I remember right, our Facebook poll, I think the pencil sharpener, which was what I was arguing about, won by just a hair. Yeah, it was by one vote. And my wife voted against me. I know. I'm sorry about that. That's all right. So today I gave a test to about 185 freshman algebra students. Uh And part of the test required them to staple their notes to the back page of the test Uh and I had a major stapler malfunction today (laughs) and it was an absolute nightmare for me today every time I thought I got it fixed it quit working again so I just want to say I'm still sticking by my pencil sharpener but I I think stapler takes a really close second first of all that's called karma but the funny thing is that I was having a chat with one of my colleagues this morning and I was talking about how they should stop using stupid pens because pens are dumb and they should just have pencils and she said but you were arguing against that and you even made the argument that pens are better than pencils and i was like i know but his choice was better (laughs) staplers are not more important than a pencil sharpener i think neither one of us probably want to admit that they're probably almost equally as important just depends on the day it does it does all right well hey that's our show thanks for listening have a question we have an email address for that contact us at schooljapodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at SchoolJapod. You can also find me on Twitter at Astoria. Follow me on Instagram at Chatterboxes, and don't forget about our website, SchoolJapod.com. Today's intro and outro music is by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Summertime, from 1991. And all our sponsors are fake, but our artwork is not. Big thanks to Corey Logan for our fantastic cover design. Find him on Instagram at Corey Logan Art. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. And go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help other people find us. Thanks for listening. See you soon.